This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Welcome to the program, Warning. Today, we are sharing a message that was given by Pastor Ty Goldstrom, December 25, 2004. He shared this message as Dr. Hansen was away traveling to Florida for a conference. Pastor Ty's message title is Proclaiming Faith Leads to Saving Faith. Let us begin. Let's give him a clap offering. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and praise God. Give him the honor and the glory he's due. Hallelujah, we exalt you. We exalt you, Lord God. We serve a God that is high and exalted. Exalt him in your life today. He is not on the cross. He is not in the tomb. He has been ascended on high, and he sits at the right hand of God the Father, the place of power and authority. And the word of God tells us that he is within you, and you are within him. You abide at the right hand of God with Jesus, with power, power to take authority in your life, to not be a victim, but to be a victor. Hallelujah, like he is a victor. So rise up, exalt the Lord your God. Exalt him in the heavens. Exalt him in the earth. For he is worthy to be praised today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lift him up high in your life today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless your name, O oh God. We bless your name, O oh God. Hallelujah. If that's not your story, if you can't have God exalted in your life, if you don't know you're seated with Christ in high places, today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. He died for that very reason, so that you could be reconciled unto God the Father, so we could be as one, just as He is one. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord wants to do something in your heart today. He wants to do something. I think Sister Tomorrow was right. The Lord wants to do something in this place today. And I know that's right because He wants to do something new every day. His mercies are new, but He wants to do a new thing. 
And that should be the cry of our heart. Create in me a clean heart. Create a new thing in me today, Lord. Hallelujah. If you can't say that, there are plenty of brothers and sisters here who can sit with you and talk with you today. We have four pastors here today that can talk with you. If you can't say that Jesus is the Lord of my life and I want him to rule and reign, there's brothers here who can talk to you, sisters that can talk to you. So please, make yourself available. If you need to talk, we are here to talk with you. Amen. I'd like to ask Pastor EJ to come and help with the tithes and the offerings. Emmanuel, God with us. Oh Lord, we thank you that you came and tabernacled with us, Lord. That you came down from heaven, Lord, to spend that time here on earth that you spent, Lord. So that you could go to that cross, Lord, and shed your blood. So that we could be washed in that blood. So that we could have life eternal. Oh Lord, there's nothing more than one can do but to lay down his life. And you did that. And we thank you for that. And we thank you, Lord, that you've sent your Holy Spirit now to comfort us, Lord. That you've sent your Holy Spirit to give us power, Lord. Not human power, Lord, but supernatural power, Lord. That you've given us your gifts, Lord, of the Holy Spirit, Lord. To empower us, Lord, to be able to lay hands on the sick and see them healed, Lord. Amen. To be able to lay hands on the dead and see them rise. Lord, we thank you that you have given us the faith to come and worship you this day, Lord. To come into your presence, Lord. Not only in this house, Lord, but in each and every one of our hearts, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you're in our hearts, Lord. We do thank you, Lord. And Lord, now we want to worship you, Lord with our tithes and our offerings, Lord. The first fruits of our, of our life, Lord. You gave yourself to be the first fruits for us. And Lord, now we, being faithful to your command, we turn those first fruits back to you, Lord. Lord, in the act of obedience, we do it out of love. So that by being faithful to what you've called us to do, we can receive that hundredfold blessings. Only because we're being faithful to what you called us and commanded us to do, and for no other reason. And Lord, we thank you that we can give back so little because you've given us so much. Lord, I pray that you'd use these gifts these tithes and these offerings, Lord, to fill the storehouse as you have promised so that we can bring the word of truth throughout the world. Use it and multiply these gifts as you did the five loaves and the two fishes. And Lord, take away any doubt that we may have in our hearts and in our minds 
that you cannot multiply it in such a fashion. Lord, that you will be able to use this ministry and these gifts and to multiply them mightily. We just want to thank you for the opportunity to give. We owe you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Well, on behalf of Pastor Hansen, uh, I greet you. If you're a visitor, good to see you. Praise God, good to have you in the house. Reverend Hansen needed to travel away today because he's going to speak at a conference in Florida. And yeah, go ahead. And the, the airlines were booked, so he had to go today. And uh, I believe we got him out safely. So since he can't be here, I'll just greet you for him. And um, he's, he sends his apologies. He wished he could be here, but the flights were so bad. He, this is the only time he could really get out was this early this morning. So welcome. Um, Pastor Ty will be sharing with us today. And as he is more than able, amen. Well, praise the Lord. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. As we were singing this morning and we sang about Emmanuel. We think instantly about a historical event of Christ's birth, but you know what? There's more than just a historical event with Emmanuel. Because the Bible says that the hope of glory is Christ in me. And the hope of glory is Christ in you. So for those who are in Christ Jesus, I have good news for you today. Every day is Emmanuel. Every day Christ has come and he is in you and he is alive within you. Yes. Praise the Lord. If it was just an historical event, that would not be good news. Amen. The good news is that he came and he died and he lives everlasting and he sent his Holy Spirit to be Emmanuel within you. So now when we go and we share the good news of Jesus Christ, we are sharing Emmanuel. Amen. That in the same way that Christ came and dwells within me as I live and abide in him, so can he come into your life as Emmanuel. Yes. Praise, the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's not just history, folks. It's present reality. And that is the good news of Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Jesus Christ is in this place today. And whatever your need might be today, you can call out to Emmanuel. You can cast your burdens upon Jesus, for he cares for you. Whatever desire you have in your heart today, whatever hurt, whatever pain, Emmanuel has died for you. Emmanuel is there for you today. Hallelujah. So you call out to him today as you worship him, as you listen to the word today, call on Emmanuel. The title of the message today is Proclaiming Faith Leads to Saving Faith. I told my wife that title and she looked at me pretty perplexed this morning. And she, I think she wanted to know more about it. I said, you have to come to church. You have to come to church. Proclaiming faith leads to saving faith. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to start in Romans chapter 10 this morning, this afternoon. In the last three weeks, three weeks ago or so, four weeks ago, I spoke on 
the prayer of perseverance. And we talked about ding-dong ditch. But those times when we pray and we ring the doorbell, we speak to God, but by the time he gets there, we're far from the door. We have left the place. We have not persevered. We have not travailed. And we have not prevailed. And in the last two weeks, I believe we talked on two things that will keep you from victorious prayer and Christian living. We talked about your desires. We talked about who meets your desires. We spoke about Esau and selling his birthright for a pot of porridge. We spoke on Psalm chapter 103, verse 5. A promise from Christ to you that says that he will satisfy your desires and give you good things. But the condition for that is you must cast your desires on him. You must allow him to fulfill your desires. If you seek to fulfill your desires in yourself or merely in human relationships, then Christ cannot fulfill your desires. And Christ desires to fulfill and satisfy your desires and give you good things. But we must cast our burdens and our desires upon Christ. And last week we talked about the ministry of reconciliation. Another thing that will hamper, will hinder effective, victorious prayer in Christian life. If your horizontal relationships with your brothers and your sisters are not intact, your vertical relationship with Jesus Christ is hindered. He says, leave the gift and go to the brother and make it right. We talked about those things which will distract from, will hinder your time with Christ. And today we're going to talk about proclaiming faith. Romans chapter 10 and verse 10 says, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess that you are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Can you say amen to that? Amen. It doesn't matter about what your nationality is. He is the Lord and Savior for every nationality. We have several nationalities here today. Jesus Christ is Lord and God over every country and every nation and every tongue and every kindred. Right. He is the Lord of all nations. Yes. He is the Savior for all people. Whoever wills to call him Lord and Savior, to repent of their sin and enter into relationship, to enter it by faith, those are the sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. Verse 14 says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they call on him? How can they have saving faith for those they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone Preaching to them. And how can they preach unless they are sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So the Bible asks, it says, how will they know? How can they believe? How can they have saving faith if they themselves do not have someone to minister the gospel to them? 
How can that faith be had apart from someone preaching to them? I know a lot of people instantly say, well, I'm not a preacher. (laughs) But the Bible says in Acts chapter 4 and verse 11 that he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, teachers, and not preachers, pastors. We think that pastors and preachers are the same thing, but it's not. A preacher is not necessarily a pastor. One of you could come out and not be a pastor or a preacher or an evangelist, and you could certainly preach the word. Amen? All of you can be preachers. A preacher is one who proclaims the things of God. It's a person who is an orator, who comes forth and is willing to speak the words of Christ. Are you willing? Are you willing, wherever you might be, the highways and the byways of your life, to preach the good news of Jesus Christ? It doesn't have to be in a church service. When you're at the gas station and you have a chance, an opportunity to speak, you're preaching forth the words of God. we got to take the preacher off of the pulpit and realize that you and I, wherever we may be found, we are to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? So when Paul is talking here in Romans chapter 10 about people cannot be saved, they cannot call on the one they have not heard unless someone preaches to them, he's talking about you and he's talking about me, about speaking forth the good news of Jesus Christ. Verse 16 says, But not all the Israelites accepted the good news, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. I believe the King James says that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Faith comes by what? Hearing the word of God. I've always been amazed at how Jesus Christ, by his Holy Spirit, has preserved this word. Do you know how much persecution this word has undergone over the years? Far more persecution than you and I. This word has been persecuted. This word has tried to be eradicated from lands. It has tried to be burned and taken away from the eyes and the ears of people like you and me. When you realize the persecution that the word of God has gone under, you are thankful that you have a Bible that you can read the word of God. Amen? Amen? You know, there's Christians in the world right now that don't have this. They don't have the word of God. They may be in lands where the word of God is illegal. I remember when I was in uh, Africa in 1997, I met Christians in the slums in Kenya. And I was amazed. I had five, six, seven Bibles on my bookshelf, and most of them have none. The Word of God is plentiful in the United States and many countries in this world, but there are many countries that the Word of God is rare. It's hard to get the Word. And we need the Word of God. Why? That's the way that we're saved. That's the way that we preach is by the word of God. People respond to the word of God. And when they respond in faith, the Bible says those are the children of God. We need the word of God. The point to be understood at salvation 
saving faith that allows a person to know and call on the Lord comes to the word of God preached, spoken, orated, or proclaimed by you or I. Can you say amen? Here's the irony of the situation. For people to have saving faith, they need to hear the word of God proclaimed. We've already established that. Here's the irony. To have the courage to proclaim the message, we need faith that comes by hearing the word of God. Do you catch that? The world needs the gospel. It needs the word of God. But you know who just as much needs the word of God? You and me. Because if we don't have the word of God firmly entrenched within us, if this is not the platform of our Christian life, then we will not have the faith and the courage to proclaim the very words that the world needs to hear. Amen? We are the ones that start the cycle. We are the ones, the body of Christ, who have received the Lord by faith. Now we need to be grounded in this word so that it can catalyze us, propel us into the highways and byways. Let me ask you, as you look at your Christian life, as you look about how much you're willing to share the good news, how much are you willing to share the good news in your workplace, how much you're willing to share the good news wherever you may be, Pastor Hansen and Dr. Mike just recently shared a testimony of them sharing faith in a public forum in a sports club. People don't go there just to hear Jesus Christ, do they? But wherever you're at, when the Lord leads, that is the place to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. What would keep you from proclaiming the good news? Is it not usually a lack of faith? Is it not usually because the love of Christ, which can cast out all fear, is not strong within us? And so that fear and how people might judge us is a thing that we decide whether we're supposed to speak or not speak. But faith comes by hearing. We need to be a people that are grounded in the Word. We need to be a people that fall in love with the Word of God. Right? we got to be able to apply this. This is simply a tool. This is a tool that the Holy Spirit can use if it's within you. But if it's not within you, then you will not have the faith to proclaim when the season is right. Jesus Christ might bring someone in your path. But if you're not firmly entrenched in the Word of God, if faith isn't so strong within you because the Word of God has ministered to you, it has showed your sin. You have repented of your sin. You know, this is how faith grows. The word of God speaks to you. It shows you areas where you lack. It shows you areas of compromise. It shows you areas where you're in sin. And it says, repent, repent, repent. And then you say, yes, Lord, I confess it as sin. I repent of it as sin. And I now receive you in a fuller and more meaningful way. And then when you do that, your faith grows. And that same opportunity that you might have passed by last week, now you have the faith to speak forth the words of faith that other people might hear and be called the sons and daughters of Christ. You know, I believe that judgment does start in the house of the Lord. 
I believe that the, one of the reasons that Jesus Christ has not come back yet is because of the failure of the church. You say, ooh, that's strong. He made conditions upon when he'll come back. A lot of it had to do with the propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The proclamation, speaking and preaching that all men might know that Jesus Christ is Lord. There are still lands where people do not know that today. Is that the failure of the Holy Spirit to lead you and I into those places? Not usually. It's usually we fail to respond to the call. He has called us to go and make disciples of all nations. He has called us to make disciples in our workplace. He has called us to speak forth the very words that people can respond in faith to have salvation. My question for us today is how we fail to be grounded in the word, the very word that gives us life and vitality and faith so we can do the things that Christ has called us to do. You cannot and you will not do it apart from faith by Jesus Christ. You cannot conjure up faith. You cannot buy faith. Faith only comes through the obedient calling of the word of God. It doesn't rely on your charismata how your personality is. I'm an extrovert. You'll just make a mess of things. I'm an introvert. You'll fail to speak when Christ wants you to speak. You know, as I review Christian history, it's not so often that he uses the charismatic personality. It's not so often that he uses the one who is eloquent in speech. Paul himself said, I come to you not as a man with eloquent speech, but I come to you with what? Deep conviction, power, and the Holy Ghost. Amen? Usually the people that have the charismata and the extroverts and the ones that have the loudest voices and the most eloquent of speech, usually they default themselves because of a lack of dependence on the Word of God and the Spirit of God. See, when you have these earthly talents, it's so tempting not to rely on the Holy Spirit anymore. So what happens is, you only go as far as your earthly abilities have, can take you. But we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities and spirits. And your personality will not break that spirit. When a person comes to you and you know you're supposed to preach to them, speak to them, and you know that they have deep pains and hurts and bitterness and resentment, your great personality will not overcome that. It'll be the power of the Holy Ghost. And that power comes by righteous, obedient, living, founded on the Word of God. If you don't know the Word of God, it doesn't matter the things that come out of your mouth. They will be like a tinkling brass and a resounding gong. But when it comes forth with power is when the Holy Spirit and faith are so overwhelmed within you. Because you have spent time with your Savior. Remember the story of the seven sons of Sceva? Acts 17 or somewhere. Remember that story? There was a few that wanted to cast out devils. And they thought that that was awful impressive. So they decided they would try it themselves. But they tried it without being grounded in the word of God. They tried to do it based on their own clouts. By their own heritage. By who their father was. But you got to remember, if you don't have the deep conviction and the power in the Holy Ghost, you're in for a whooping. Because you cannot challenge devils on your 
personality or on your heritage. You can't even challenge him based on all the great things you did for God yesteryear. It's who are you in Christ right now? Because when you fight a devil, you better be hidden with Christ in God. When the devil looks at you, he better see Jesus Christ in you or you're in for trouble. So these seven sons of Sceva tried to cast out devils. And the devils talked back to them. Do you know what the devils said? They talked about knowing. They said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? I don't know you. I don't respect you, and I will not submit to you. And matter of fact, I will beat you. And they ran away naked because they got a whooping from the devil. They deserve the whooping. But you know what the fault of the church is? We don't do that very often. How many people have a testimony like that? But you know what we do? We're not founded. The same principle is true. We're not founded on the word of God. The same thing the seven sons of Sceva had a problem with. The problem with us is we don't go trying to cast out devils most of the time. We just avoid the situation. We avoid the person. We avoid the, the bitterness, the anger, the resentment, the things that are inspired by the devil. Because we know we don't have the power because we're not grounded in the word. Yeah, you might be a Christian, but you, might, you don't have the power. You don't have the faith. Not all Christians are created equal, you know that? You can take two Christians and one devil, and one could get a beaten, and the other one could cast out that devil. Why is that? It's all about faith grounded in the Word of God. If you think, well, I've always heard that it's level ground at the foot of the cross. Yeah, for salvation it is. There's no other way that men might be saved but through the blood of Jesus Christ. There is level ground. He is no respecter of man, woman, nationality. He doesn't care if all your ancestors have been devil worshipers. There is level ground at the foot of the cross for salvation. But relationship in salvation is not always the same. I can have, and I have, three sons. They can choose as they grow up about what kind of relationship they want to have with me. Amen? And if one ridicules me and mocks me and slanders me and disobeys me, and the other, let's say, respects me and honors me and follows me, there's going to be a certain recompense for each one. One's going to get blessing. One's going to get the inheritance. The other's not going to get it from me. It's no, no same with Jesus. Just because you're saved, just because you're a Christian, does not in it by itself. Give the actuality of the power of the Holy Ghost. You must exercise it by faith grounded in the Word of God. Acceptance of Christ is simply the introduction to the life in Christ, everlasting life. And now you're supposed to come and be grounded in the Word of God. Let Him challenge you in areas of sin. Continually repenting and rejoicing. That's the Christian life. Amen? You know, Psalms chapter 19, verse 7 through 11 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the law are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, 
enduring forever. The ordinance of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Did you catch that? The law of the Lord, the word of God, brings revival to the soul. How many here have a soul? I have a soul. It's my mind, my will, my emotions. I am in need of a revival of my soul. See, your soul, when you accept Jesus Christ, isn't glorified. The work has just begun. When you accept Jesus Christ, it's like sticking a shovel in the ground and having a groundbreaking ceremony. Nothing has been built. It is now the start, the genesis of your relationship with Christ. And if you give him the permission, he will challenge you. He will rebuke you. He will correct you because he loves you. And if you will abide in him, abide in his correction, he will make something beautiful within you. Faith will rise up within you. And you'll be so overwhelmed with the love of Jesus Christ that it cannot be stopped. It must flow out. The love of Christ is so contagious. Do you know that? There's a lot of things this world can offer, but it can never offer the love of Christ. It can never offer the agape love of Jesus Christ. And you know what? There's a place within every single person that only can be satisfied with the agape love of Christ. And now we are what? Christ bearers. We bear the love of Christ within us. And we have the chance now to go and to preach that word in the highways and the byways. You know, we're ending a year and getting ready for 2005. And I pray that it is a year of the proclamation of the gospel through every man, woman, and child in this place. It's okay to say amen to that. At least it's okay to say amen for yourself. Let it be. Let it be for yourself. In my life group on Wednesday nights, I encourage every man, woman, and child to be a propagator of the gospel. Even little Michelle, I expect her to be a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when she comes back to me with testimonies about sharing Jesus Christ, which she just recently did, I get pretty excited about that. Especially when some of the adults have not. But 2005 is a new year. What does it take? It takes faith. Proclaiming faith. We can talk all we want about the harvest field. We can look out and say, look at the need. Look at this world. It's going to in the handbasket. We can talk about it. You can read it. You can be a person who can see the trouble, see the disaster. But the next question is, what are you going to do about it? You can say, all these people, they just need Jesus Christ. They're heathen scumbags. You're right. What are you going to do about it? They need saving faith. Right. What are you going to do about it? Do you have proclaiming faith? The judgment starts in the house of the Lord. 
He has given you everything you need to have proclaiming faith. He has given you the thing that the world starves after. But you have a choice about what you're going to do with the abundance. Does it not ever convict you that you have six, seven, eight Bibles in your house? God's going to remind you that one day. He's going to say, what did you do for me? I gave you the word. The word is your life. It is your foundation. It is the very thing that you need and the world needs. You just let it sit on the shelf. You came once a week and you let someone speak the word to you. That's good. But what about the rest of the week? I'll give you, I'll tell you what. If, if, if you promise not to eat all week until next weekend, when I or someone else speaks the word of Christ to you, then I give you permission not to open your Bible the rest of the week. Okay? But if you think that maybe you might need to eat a few times between now and next weekend, may I submit to you that you need to drink and eat the Word of God. We're so quick at filling the belly. We don't miss too many meals. And when we purpose to do it, oh, how that flesh cries out. And it's not like we just get three or four square meals a day, but most of us do a whole lot of grazing in between. We constantly have like an IV drip of the things of this world, the foods of this world. Do we not need, does our soul not need this? You say today, my soul needs revival. Well, the word of God will revive your soul. Only if you use it. Only if you make it a plan in your daily life. We plan a whole lot for our meals, don't we? We go to the grocery store. We look at our cookbooks. We pick out all the right things. We drive back home. We spend an hour or two cooking it. We sit down. We eat it. We do a lot of preparation for the ministry of the plate. But what about the ministry of the word of God? Do you prepare your life in such a way that you devour this thing here? We got to get beyond reviving our bellies or quieting our bellies. And we got to get to the ministry of the word of God. And what you will realize if you'll start partaking of this word, all of a sudden your belly will no longer be your God. (laughs) And you can go meals without without food. Because like Jesus Christ said, my meat, my food, is to do the will of the Father. Is your will to do the will of the Father? His will is that all might hear the gospel and all might come to saving faith. And he has chosen you and you and you and you to go and to preach it. That is his will. If you say today, my will is to do the will of the Father, then he is saying, you must be grounded in the word of God. You must have proclaiming faith so others might have saving faith. The church is starved. The church does not have proclaiming faith. When the things of this world surface, when the devil starts taking ground, the majority of the church retreats. We don't have the faith to challenge. We don't have the faith and the power to overcome devils. But Jesus Christ has given you all things that you need for proclaiming and saving faith. John chapter 15 and verse 3. 
John 15, 3, Christ <clears throat> is speaking to his disciples. The whole context is about abiding in him. It's about he being the vine and we being the branches and that you can do nothing apart from Christ. And he says to his disciples in verse 3, he says, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. The word. Jesus Christ is what? He is the word. He is the word of God. The everlasting word. And as he came and he spoke, Emmanuel, he came, he was born, he preached, he spoke, he corrected, he casted out devils. As he spoke to his disciples, they were cleaned. How many need a cleaning in their heart, in their soul, in their minds? How many emotions have been damaged, are hurting? How many minds are perverted, twisted in certain areas? How many people need a cleaning of their spiritual house today? I need a cleaning. I need a revival. The word of God is the revival. The word of God is the cleansing. Several months ago, I talked about the cleansing. That he is what? The launderer's soap. Amen? He comes as a detergent to clean you if you will let him. The word of God is your cleanser. Let me ask you today. If you promise not to take a shower until next weekend, then I give you permission not to open the word of God. But if you think that your body might need a little soap, and maybe your wife or your husband or maybe someone close to you might say you need a little soap, May I submit to you today that your soul stinketh to me. And the problems that we have, the problems that I have, because I don't have enough revival in me, I don't have enough cleansing in me, the provision has been there. It's not the fault of the Word of God. It's my fault from getting grounded in the Word of God. So if your soul stinketh to your neighbor, you need a cleansing. You need a revival that comes by the word of God. Amen? All of a sudden, people and spouses started separating out there. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the launderer's soap. Jesus Christ is the word of God. He is the everlasting word. And when he speaks the words to you, whether it's from this pulpit, whether it's in the prayer closet, whether it's through a brother or a sister, is a cleansing thing. When you're able to go, like we talked about in the weeks preceding, and go and to share a fault that another brother has, you are doing it because you love that brother and you want him to be clean. And when somebody comes to you and sees a fault in you, you don't need to be defensive. You don't need to be offensive. Offensive. You should understand that the goal is to be clean. That's why we go to each other. Because we want each other to be clean. Because when my brother and my sister are clean, then the chance of us of having proclaiming faith rises up and we are going to be a functional church that can change society. But if we are content with staying in our stinkiness, if we're not letting a brother or a sister challenge us, if we put up the walls whenever the word of God comes too close, then we will not be effective in communicating the gospel. We won't have proclaiming faith. 
in every revival. If you want to know if a revival is going on in a local body, it must be accompanied with the saving of souls. Amen? If there's not a lot of salvation going on, then there's no revival. But remember, before you have saving faith, you had proclaiming faith. Before that revival happened in that body, there's a body that decided to get purged and cleaned and purified and right before God. Because they themselves, when they're clean and right before God, and faith arises, and the power of the Holy Ghost arises, and then you see things happening. You see devils cast out. You see the power of the Holy Spirit come down. You see people who are wretches, people that were in idolatry, people that hated the things of Christ, now repent of their sin and come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. Before you have saving faith, you have proclaiming faith. And proclaiming faith starts in the house of God. It starts with you and it starts with me. It's a choice. The provision has already been made. But you have a choice to tap into the provision, to be cleansed and revived of your soul on a daily basis. As much as you need a shower, as much as you need food, so much more does your soul need this word. Amen? And as much as you need it, the world needs it. You say, well, I want the world to come to Jesus Christ. It starts with you getting proclaiming faith. You cannot give out what you do not have. You must come back to the foundation, the word of God. He didn't preserve this thing over thousands of years, over much persecution, if it wasn't important. This is your food. This is how you know what righteous living is. When you read this word with a hungry heart, the power of the Spirit comes down and he shows you sin. And when you see sin in your life and you have a chance to repent of it, that's the grace of God. What keeps you from speaking forth in boldness and authority? It is your sin. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I've shared it before. He said the worst thing that can happen in a Christian life is to see a person in need and you cannot help their need because of your sin. That's the worst place to be. It's like going down and seeing a house on fire. And you see in the third story a person who is just about ready to get engulfed in the flames and you're powerless to do anything. What a dreaded place to be. But that's how you are if you're not grounded in the word of God. You see the needs all around you, but you are powerless to meet the need. Power comes through obedience. It comes through the word of God. We, the body of Christ, first need to hear and adhere to the word of God. We, the body of Christ, first need to be revived and cleansed by the word of God. We, the body of Christ, first need to put ourselves in a position to hear the word of God. This alone is the only way that proclaiming faith can be actuated. Faith comes by the word of God. Apart from this, we cannot have proclaiming faith. And therefore, saving faith will not come through our ministry. Our daily devotional time with the Lord is crucial for successful living and ministry. Spiritual warfare is won by the proclamation by faith of the word of God. We must have it. 
The question is, have we neglected the Word of God? Before you minister the Word of God, the Word of God must minister to you. Amen? We must be a people of the Word. The point of that if we really want revival, we can sing about revival, we can talk about revival. Revival will never happen apart from revival from within the wall. From you and me being revived of our soul, cleansed of our soul on a daily basis. Because when that happens and that proclaiming faith rises within you, then your ministry will just open up and all of a sudden you'll have opportunities and you'll share the seed and you'll see people coming to the Lord. Amen? 2005. I want it to be a year of proclaiming faith. Because I know if the proclaiming faith is intact, it will have saving faith. I know that's true. I am more concerned about the proclaiming faith than the saving faith. Because the word of God will not return void. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with the Word of God and you speak forth the Word of God, it will not return void. We must be a people of proclaiming faith, grounded in the Word of God, cleansed by the Word of God, revived by the Word of God. Amen? The Word. People of the Word. People of the book. You got to know the book. This is how you have intimacy with Jesus Christ, is through the reading of his word. And then when he truly knows you and you know him, the devils will tremble at his name through you. Amen? We must be grounded in this book. How will they know? How will they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? Amen? This is a challenge to you and to me. If we want revival, if we want souls to be converted, people to come to a surrendered relationship with Jesus Christ, it comes through faith, through you and through me. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you, Lord God, that your word gives life. We thank you, Lord God, that your word cleanses us from our iniquity and from our sin. We thank you, Lord God, that your word revives and restores our soul. There's areas that are within us that are dead, that need to be quickened, that need to be resuscitated by your word. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us, Lord. I confess the times where I have not been a person of your word, where I have not fed upon your word, where I have not been cleansed upon your word. Forgive me, Jesus, for being quick to minister to my flesh, but not to my soul. Forgive me, Jesus. And Father, I pray that in my life in 2005, that I would make a new and a fresh commitment to the Word of God, 
that I would allow the word of God to be my energy, to be my focus, to be my love, because you will speak to me. You will have an intimacy with me through the word. So, Father, I pray that every man and every woman and every child in this place would have a new hunger and thirst for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your precious word. Forgive us, Lord God, where we have neglected your word. Help us to become a congregation, a body that is founded on your word. And we know, based on the word of God, that faith will arise within us. Faith to proclaim so that those who hear might be saved. This is the great commission, to go and to make disciples. Help us, Lord, in 2005. Help us, Lord, to be people of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to spend a couple words before, a couple moments before we leave today. Will you make a fresh commitment to the Lord to be a person after his word? Will you just ask him if you need to ask him to forgive you for neglecting his word? If you look in your life and you say, over this last year, I have not been very effective at sharing my faith. All you have to do is come to his word. The word will cleanse you and it will revive you. Today I pray that you would make a commitment to him that in 2005 you would come back to the word of God. Let the word of God minister to you today. Whether you want to stay in your seat or whether you want to come forward and spend just a couple minutes up here, make a fresh commitment to the word of God today. Will you do that? I pray that every person before you leave today would just spend a moment or two with Jesus and recommit yourself in a fresh way to Christ today. Because 2005 can be a mighty year for revival in our lives and for this community. But it will start with us being revived of our soul. Dr. Hansen has written a book that describes how nations rise and what causes them to fall. It is titled, The Science of Judgment. Listen carefully and order that book. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled, The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility, The Feasts of the Lord, Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences, Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings, 
example of King Jehoshaphat. Ungodly alliances. God is predictable. God holds people accountable. Man can turn into an intelligent beast to do evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism, Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations, as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and Shalom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.